welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversations amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. I'm Conrad Francis, and I'll be your host this week. And on this episode, I can't wait for this topic because we had a false start at this last year. Um, it's the warm-up. Yeah, I, I guess it's it's a big one. Oh, it's massive. What's the topic, Conrad? The topic is toxic masculinity and where do men turn to? And it's What's something the drink, I'm, Conrad? I'm really, really passionate about. I'll get to the drink, man. I'm the host. Who's here, Conrad? Well, fuck, if you can't tell by all the voices. <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're, in, uh, we're in the company of all the Muppets. Michael. Hello. Justin. Sir. Travis. Ahoy, ahoy. A what, what? Magic Matt Hannum. <laughs> that took you a while to think of that, didn't it? I didn't know whether I was going to use it. Hi. I'm Jacob. <laughs> Hello. So, okay, so I might be going out of out of script already, but anyway. Um, we're drinking today a, um, a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, uh, Marlborough region. Uh, 2008, guys. So I've actually gone to the cellar for you again. Cheers, lads. Enjoy. Actually smells really good. 2008. 2008. What were you doing in 2008? What was I doing? That was um, pre-GFC. I was in TAFE, studying photography first year. I didn't think you actually studied. Probably needs a little bit more air. Two years. Uh, GFC just started. I started my first business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like within a month. It's interesting, like when you when you get to go to those ages and wines, and that's a conversation. What were you doing that year? Is a really really interesting conversation. I, mean, I usually drink some of this older stuff with um, one of my old mentors, um, and he's sixty five, nearly seventy years of age. So you get to get some history lessons from him. All right. So back to the topic, gentlemen. Toxic masculinity. Where do men turn to now? This topic was tabled originally around Father's Day last year where the four of us who were fathers then, um, Michael, myself, Matt and Jacob tried to do it some justice and if, if it was if we're fair with it, I don't believe we did, uh, which kind of proved the point of the whole topic was that we as men are struggling to accept our masculinity in the current world for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's the rise of women or movements like the Me Too movement that are putting more uh, emphasis on women and where women fit in society, which again, for the record, I'm not opposed to. Um, but I think the contrast has been with the rise of uh, understanding women and their desires and their goals and their opportunities and all of those other things. I think it's come at the demise of men and our simple lives. Um, and I say simple because men historically have been providers to family units and communities um, and women have been nurturers of the family unit. And with you know the last 20 to 30 years, there's been a change in that. It's been double income families. It's been women seeking to be in more authoritative roles, which is fine. Um, but we're starting to hear now the commentary around how many women are sitting on a board of a company and what is the ideal number as opposed to what is the ideal number of ideal people uh, for any of those positions. And so I'm, I do take a lot of umbrance at those conversations and I'm not, I'm a father of a daughter, so I really do want my daughter to succeed in life. Um, and for a large part of that too, I was a single father of a daughter and that has its own stigmas attached to it. So I, I just want to throw the topic open and and, uh, and see where you guys are at. Just some some preferencing where, where this comes from. I mean, there's a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff on this uh, on this topic. Jordan also references some some numbers such as 65% um, of all suicides under 35 years of age are, uh, are attributed to males. Um, 
there's an exponential rise at the moment in uh, depression, anxiety-related uh, medications um, being used by males. 85% of all sleeping disorders at the moment are being attributed to males. 93% of all men that are incarcer of all incarcerations globally are men. Um, so the numbers are on the rise. And even more so in the last entrance into universities in WA, um, and I think this is a number that has increased. The disparity between women entering versus men entering is growing. With with anybody paying any attention to these numbers, um, and you, and they're the, they're the things I ask myself: all why? Anybody got some? I think the the, the big question here is the you know the the feminist movement seeking equality everywhere and equality of um, outcome compared to equality of opportunity where equality of opportunity gives everybody every and everybody should have the opportunity to be the best person they can be but it shouldn't be defined by you must have five women on the board of this company or this course must have 50% male, 50% female. And they're doing it in, in Sweden just now or, or one of the Scandinavian countries where they've gone full egalitarian. So every, every, everything is focused on giving everybody opportunity. And what's actually happened is the exact opposite of what they thought. Women have gone more for the caring roles. Men have, have still gone down the path. So without any cultural sort of influence or seemingly <clears throat> cultural influence on on where you're going in life, women and men have naturally gone into what we would say as the, the sort of, from a biological perspective, the caring roles and the, and the, the what would you call it from the male perspective, the- um, Protector, the protecting variety, yeah. role. So it's kind of naturally happened. So that there is a very strong, I think, animus, still a very strong biological or evolutionary sort of connection with it. Whereas that's kind of being dismissed now and like quashing, you know, quashing maleness, um, you know, the Gillette ad is the perfect example of virtue sig signaling and sort of just, just ridiculously stereotypical um, saying that all men are bad. I mean, this is, then this is the dialogue, which is only coming from a small amount, but a very vocal amount of people. Yep. Um, you know, stopping boys tussling because it's bad to fight. I mean, it's just getting to a ridiculous stage where there's no conversation about what we actually are as as people, as individuals. Um, Language is important too, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. one of the things that really gets me around this, a lot of all the commentary around the Gillette ad as well, which if you haven't seen that, it's worth. Oh, I like the ad, by the way. Oh, I do too. It's what, a great message. What be I a don't good person. Like about yeah, that. be a good person. But but the way it was done was so one sided and just so manipulative what? that it was just a bit. It rubbed me the wrong way. It's the it? word toxic, right? So there's a big difference between, in my view, masculinity and toxic masculinity. Yeah, but that's always existed, right? Yeah, but two very different things. And I think they're what, always what clouded in some of this conversation. Toxic masculinity to me is the pack mentality, I guess the wolf whistle or the like, you know, that type of a, a, a sort of wolf pack men's approach. And I think masculinity is a very different thing. <coughs> to be a strong masculine male is a is a very different thing to to what i would consider toxic masculinity yeah well what they're saying is like all men are like this like i mean which is 99 of the men i know are good people that don't wolf whistle at women and don't do this and don't be an arsehole at work i mean it just comes down to the individuals there are dickheads women women that are horrible people there are men that are horrible people but i think as a general rule most people are actually pretty good and i think this sort of 
seeing seeing society is just dominated by male i mean obviously but it has been because through the ages men have been the ones that have had to go out and get a job yeah yeah but obviously i mean that was a lot to do with um obviously um having babies yeah uh, exactly right and stuff like and then uh, the bringing on of um like contraception and sort of women's hygiene products and stuff like that has allowed women to to be more flexible in what they can do because it was it was seen before that that men would be the protector women would be at home it's obviously opened up now and of course opportunity is great for everybody See, my my mum, you know, my 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 ideology of, of a typical woman is is the imprint of my mother. Now, my father went out and worked for about forty years of his life and provided the cash. Mum joined him in the workforce late in life, but I know who wore the pants in that family, <laughs> and it wasn't my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you know, the nurturer, the protector, whilst they wouldn't provide it, and yes, dad dad had the strength. Yeah, mum had all the power. And over history, women have been seen like that. They've been the powerful being, yeah. and the the so nurturer, in, the mother, the. So this this whole Me Too movement and the rise of the woman is really confusing me because I always believe and I always say to every woman that women have always had the power. Yep. But there, there is, I think, when coming back to the toxic masculinity, um, what was in, I was watching, to be honest, um, masculinity, like one of the questions you'd posed uh, in the, the pre-notes was, um, you know, how are you addressing the topic of masculinity in your life? And I actually had to be like, I don't consciously am aware of masculinity and I guess there's a part set two parts to this of like an education piece of like uh, men are confused in general of like what is actually what, does what it is actually masculinity mean yeah um, and because of all the rise of vocalism of you know equal rights and all of that jazz um, and I was watching a video which was presented by a woman who said that um, actually if we try to make men more like women, and more feminine we actually enable more toxic masculinity and actually comes on the rise because um bad men don't become good when they um stop being men which is the whole good person element which is a really powerful statement um i thought and actually masculinity can be harnessed for good because in good masculinity actually stamps out toxic toxic masculinity because men are meant to be more the uh you know obviously war she was talking about war rape um and uh i guess crime are very big with men but on the flip side men are also the ones who fight for good um who have the courage and can be the hero so you know you need strong men to actually fight the toxic masculinity so having she made the statement that if if there was stronger masculinity still in society, actually would stamp out toxic masculinity more so, which was a really interesting. Uh, but that's a, but that's society in general, right? I mean, we have a we have a way of self regulating regardless of what the laws tell us. Mm. Um, yeah, human beings have self regulated themselves and self governed themselves for a lot longer than what laws were around yeah. for. But there are a lot of negative influences, and like there are moments where I'm sure we've all ha- we've all been toxic. Uh, men Um, and particularly when you get into the pack and like uh, even you know when you as men don't feel good about yourself um, it it, it can be comforting to go down that that path then we have the subconscious biases as well right Um, so but but in saying that right I mean when you talk about this pack mentality I mean I've been a single bloke for a long time I, I would almost turn around and turn it say to you right now point blank the pack mentality is not in a man 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot more women out there. That's true. When they get together, yeah, there's a lot more women out there. And 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 here's one for you. I mean, I I, I um, happened to volunteer to help a mate of mine who was a stripper. All right, male stripper, and he was doing. What did um, you do? I was just picking up his clothes after his, his, his shows. He had four shows that night, um, and I was driving him to his shows and picking up his gear and stuff. Is that <clears throat> and and I, <laughs> yeah, um. But what I observed versus, and I've been to a few Bucks nights in my time, what I observed was that it was, to me, a real level of uncomfortableness by what I saw from females versus what I saw by males. There's definitely a double standards, like, out there. Like, women are, like, and again, this is the whole point. Like, I feel like I have to tiptoe around saying what I'm about to say. Well, you don't. This is, this is, this is exactly the point we're at. Um, that, you know... Men, uh, women are all okay to be like, yeah, take your top off and like, oh, six pack and all that very vocally and very like, but if men do that, that's bad. We're objectifying women, but women objectify men so much more acceptable than us objectifying women. And look, that's maybe it's because of the history of of, uh, humans maybe has a big influence in that, but that's an example of like, the double standards of, uh, you know. But the, the, I think the, the bigger point was the fact that you felt like even saying that you were going to get, get condemned for at some stage. Yeah, exactly. And then like even in the entrepreneur space, there's a massive rise of girl boss and, um, you know, empowering like women, which is amazing. But then if men create a group, like we've copped slack for our 7 a.m. Brekkie Club. Because, and this podcast. And this podcast. And this podcast yeah. because we're all men. And it's like, but if it was an all-female podcast, it would be hailed as like, yes. Earth-shattering and, and groundbreaking and empowering, and, 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 yeah. And, and, and again, you have to, like, no disrespect whatsoever. Go and do it. But uh, there's definitely a double standards in society, which I think is confusing everyone and fucking everyone up. Well, know? one of my challenges when you look at, like, what, what is our future? So if you roll back to where we bring this, like, aggression and strength and what we've got, we used it to move things to move rock, to hunt, to do all these things in our future. And then now we've been through this industrial revolution and now we're in this information age. And let's face it, most women I know are a hell of a lot better at doing the tasks that need to be achieved within within my business. Now, that, I'm not saying whether it's a minor task or a major task, and ironically, we we look at administration like it's a, it's a lesser thing, but the top end of business is business administration, which is all just getting things done, tasks, management. Now, most women I know that do it are a hell of a lot better than me at it. I don't, you know, you don't need me to pick up rocks. There's machines and shovels and other things that, that can do that. Like, where do we stand? Like moving forward and like what do we bring to the table that a woman can't just themselves apart from this masculinity piece the ability to obviously procreate which obviously there's ways that we can uh, they don't uh, need us to procreate they don't, they don't need it either but I don't think <clears throat> I don't think they're going to be able to do this themselves going forward some might but they there is a balance and I feel like we what we lack is the celebration of the differences in who we are yeah and that's my biggest beef with equality as a concept is that we shouldn't be trying to make men and women the same is that that's easy to say you're a man (laughs) of course that if you set aside individual differences in general men are better at certain things women are better at certain things that's why you have more male 
uh, soldiers and you have more female nurses. Yeah. There are men are better at <coughs> typically things that are, I guess, physical or require dominance, whereas women tend to be better at things where you need to be nurturing and caring. And of course, there are extremes men, of there are men that yeah, make was, exceptionally good nurses, and there course. would be potentially women that make good soldiers, but. In general, that's at the that's at yeah. the, the the ends of the spectrum. But the, the, I was listening to a podcast where, uh, according to science, like again coming back to the biology thing, our brains are fundamentally wired differently. Yeah, like there is are, biological. Yeah, differences. there is actually yeah. biological there is. differences between a man's and a woman's. And you can't. Well. And that might change over time again, right? And it has. Well, it has. Yeah, but it, but it's, but that the time frame it's going to take to change isn't a generation. No, no, no. It's thousands. Well, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, be, yeah. And that's the the big thing is the culture. They're pushing that it's all culture. Like gender is based purely on culture. We've been told that you're a man, you're a woman, you do this, you do that. You're the the the, the patriarchal society. It's sort of like it's been a. The argument that it's all cultural, which I obviously parts of it are, but I think a massive part of it, which we're never going to get away from unless it's a hundred thousand years down the track, is the biological urges and that have been in evolution for the last fifty thousand, hundred thousand years. Um, yeah. It's very hard, as you said, to you can't break that in a hundred years. But it's hard to know what is nature and what is nurture. Like Matt, for example, you have a son and a daughter. And I'd imagine naturally your son wants to play with teddies and soccer balls and footballs, whereas your daughter potentially plays with dolls and kitchenettes, etc. Is that something that they just naturally pick up and do uh, identify with? Or is it something that's handed to them? Like you'll just give a girl a, a doll, for example, because that's just what you think girls should do. That's a little different. <clears throat> it's handed to them. So my son has in early days put on dresses his sister's dresses a lot he's watching what she's doing like she's a major watching, role watching what dad's doing well yeah watching <laughs> what dad's doing sure um i guess um uh, watching what someone's doing anyway but uh like the, and that's for us we're like whoa hang on but then if you roll back into history like even like 80 years all, all little boys wore dresses it was a they used to wear white like clothing as infants and they were all dresses because it was quick and easy to change nappies it's something we've constructed but what what i noticed is it's not what they're holding they start to hold different things and he certainly copied his sister but then became much more masculine and all boy like in the the things that he was playing with but if you if you watch a little closer he just does it differently just because they both have a doll in their hand, he's probably like banging it around. Ripping, and, ripping and he, the head off. Yeah, he's doing it differently. It doesn't it matter does what's in the his splits hand. Are, no, yeah. His approach is different. So we, we are conditioning him, or he has been conditioned by all his surrounds to change what he's doing mm. uh, in terms of what he's... Oh, he's like, no, I don't want that anymore. That's a girl thing. I want this thing. But his, his behavior, his attitude, his approach to whatever it is that's in his hands is still very different. He's much more boisterous, whereas my daughter is much more reserved, thoughtful, and, and approaches things very differently um, at their age. You're saying it naturally pushes through anyway, no matter if you it give naturally, it. Yeah. Well, it naturally. Well, well two, two things. Na nature is one of the things, right? Because, But it's, it, it, it is... Once he leaves your house and goes to school, then you've got the societal impact. And I get that's where the toxic masculinity becomes more obvious. Yep. You know, the bullies, the gangs and that type of stuff. I get that. But again, I don't just believe it's just on a masculine side. It's on all sides. Yeah, Human nature, yeah. I think, is quite cruel. 
sometimes. So. Well, there's a lot of like, um, you know, now everyone gets a, a trophy and acknowledged and, you know, I think there's also just a general, this, a lot of PC in general is influencing both sides in negative ways. Um, political correctness in, in both And it's sides. potentially impacting the levels of resilience we have in our kids. Oh, definitely. Um, you they're know, not facing the failure or the, the understanding that they've done something wrong or, or not right or whatever it is. They're, they're not participation. processing but, that. But where is it okay? Where is it okay to be outwardly saying we need to hire another woman for a board? Where is that okay? But you can't call somebody black. Where is that Okay. And that's, how, that's how thing, has you, it become do okay? At, do you stop at femininity or are you ginger well, hair? Like, I I mean, where where do it, we break down society? But it is, it's, it's a complete segregation of issues. Yeah. And we, we become super tolerant of this, but super intolerant of other things. As I said, it's, it's like a minority that are quite vocal. Like the feminist movement is very vocal in its attack. Um, so you hear a lot more about it. But so. they have reason to be as well. What reason? Oh, okay. Every, anybody has a reason okay, to be upset you, about something. Who walks uh, home late at night here and is scared? No one probably sitting in this room. As a kid, actually. Well, I remember being you, a little bit scared. You talk to a female and majority of females are scared. Yep. They'll have their keys. They'll be yep. on their phone talking to someone. So they're, they're genuinely scared. Yep. So they, they do have some merit, I think, to... Um, the yeah, but that's not a new thing, Trav. No, of course not. But it's something that we need to change. For sure. I, I don't want my, say if I have a daughter or daughters, I don't want my daughters to grow up in a world where they can't go home where it's safe. But, that, that's, but it's I, not I, a safe world, Travis. But yeah, it's, it's I think that, that's Nirvana mode. I mean, you, you, you go back to the earliest text you can ever read and rape existed then. Yeah. And it's not that we've tolerated it. We've punished it from those days. And it's not saying that it's good or, or bad or, or well, it's bad, obviously. I've never championed it. I've never I've never postcarded it. Um, but I'll, I'll go. I mean, I'll go on the record saying, you know, wolf whistles and stuff. I've never done them. I've never done them. And I'm, and and I've got a daughter. And I think you know, I said to myself, well, would I really mind? I mean, my my daughter's been involved in modelling, right? And you know how the, the stereotypical stuff around that and how that defines people. But you know, we, and Jacqueline and I talk a lot about this type of stuff, and it does come down to the character of the individual. Yeah. It really does. Um, for her to accept herself to be okay, to be wolf whistled at, and to be judged, and to be poked fun at, and to be whatever, yeah. she had to deal with herself. And she's had her battles through through different things, mentally and, and physically. Yeah. Um, and I think just because there's a problem, removing the problem doesn't remove doesn't allow the child, in, in my daughter's instance, to, to develop the mechanism she needed to become the best version of herself she's become. Well, it was really interesting. It's the story to tell yourself. I remember Joanne talking about wolf whistling. She actually quite liked like, she remember, she, I remember her saying, I don't get wolf whistled anymore. Like, what's, what's happening? Like, why, why when I walk past this area? But she actually she saw that, I suppose, to a degree as use that as a positive for her like I must be looking alright like I mean what, what's bad about that is there anything bad about that yeah. well there was um, like in the same like one uh, video that I was watching it was like no woman uh, that, that like uh, admits that they like a really feminine man they do want a man I guess again coming back to that biological thing but hey you do raise a really interesting point which is true that, that is very true. That point is very true, but I'll, I'll flip that but point. Guess, but I guess that's, I guess, which is open to for debate, to what level, because that'll continue to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a toxic side of whatever it looks like. And it's yeah. something that we can't stop in society. Well, then let's talk about the persecution always- of males in the family court. 
You know, that's something I've lived. Yeah. All right. And fathers and mothers are treated very differently in the family court. Absolutely. I mean, is that changing a little bit? No, it hasn't. Not? No, and I've fought for change. Um, you know, so if we talk about that, and I think, yeah, that's real. Um, and the potential of that happening is real. This is what's happening in the family court on a day-to-day basis is actually happening that, every day. Uh, I mean, it, it's a very common thing in all areas of all minorities and like a lot of people use history. Like, so that's like an example of double standard in some aspects where men have always been uh, known to do that which then is used to justify X, Y, and Z. But then men in other areas will get fucked over, but they can't use that. Yeah, they can't use it. In another area uh, because that's not okay. But then other minorities can do the same thing as well. So it's not just minorities. You look at um, verbal abuse in within uh, relationships. You know, that's some crazy stat, like one in three or yeah. something. That is an astonishing stat that uh hasn't come to light yet in it's just starting to i'm seeing a lot more campaigns about it and that's something that we really need to because you're focused on language yeah exactly (laughs) but we that's something that we really need to grasp as males do you think it's um more education and conversation around what is masculinity and what is actually positive and constructive i I think you know uh, because i think some people men just don't know and they get so confused and they end up using toxic masculinity to satisfy the natural components of being a man. So for example, like maybe like, uh, I don't know, I can't really relate fully, but say domestic violence, which is a real issue and is, look, it is a, a men's, thing that they need to really deal with and it does happen on the Mate, it, happened, it happened on the outside I had fucking stuff, stuff thrown at me yeah, and it happened, does happen yeah but gener- generalisation yeah and that's, and that's the problem we are t- we are generalising and that's the big problem yeah. but um, men who do that you know if they had a better education and felt better about themselves to be good men would they still do that are they acting out to feel masculine well flip, flip, flip it around I mean we, we talk about law of attraction where, where is where is the point that a woman has attracted herself into that situation. The to v- victim mentality. Yeah, yeah. So, what what does she need to learn to allow herself to become better and not tolerate? Whoa, whoa. as a man, take responsibility. Sure, yeah. well, I'm, I'm not. Anybody. I'm not saying everybody. that, but, but everybody needs to. No, I'm just- everybody does need to. But when we're going to play the victim or the victor, if you can use that negativity as a learning tool for you to you know become better about yourself, you know, why did that happen? Why did you allow that to happen? Um, and, and that's the problem. Like when you start, and I've talked to a lot of women, you know, and I say, well, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to hate it. You know, why did you put yourself in that situation? Or what do you mean, Conrad? He did it to me. I said, no, no, no. You allowed that to happen because it never just happens. It's a buildup of a series of things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It starts here. It gets here and it gets here and it gets bigger as you go. And then we all define that moment, not this moment. But we all do it. Yeah. And, and, and I say it's real simple. Like if a dog shits in your house, you tell it off. You don't wait for the shit 10 times. And then have diarrhea. Going, going back to your point, Justin, about um, if you stamp it out completely, it actually becomes even worse. Uh, the toxic masculinity sort of... Um, comes exaggerated it even more. It's- yeah. So say say if uh, equality really goes to the next level, right? And women um, are in all the power positions and, so, and have equality that- of 
opportunity, not outcome. So not being set. Exactly. You, you must yeah. have this, this, no, and this. So, but say, just, say if it goes into outcomes, okay. right? Yep, Hypothetically. Yep. Uh, and then the male's role in society has to change. That's what exactly what I said in Scandinavia. They've yeah. done that. They've yeah. had opportunity of outcome yeah. where you must have this on the board. You must do that. Yeah. You know, we're pushing women into engineering, but it's actually had the opposite effect. Exactly. But say if it did, as a male, how would we cope with it? Because everything's been ripped from under the rug. We're no longer the provider. We can't be the nurturer, you know, the sole nurturer as the kids. You can't breastfeed the kid, you know, or the children that uh, are being there. So all this stuff is being taken away from you. Not taken away from you, but is is different. It's a different process from when it was 100 years ago. So how does a male then uh, navigate their feelings, I guess, and their masculinity as a male and their... Yeah, where's the education for that, right? Because I believe there's an element that you can get to, right? Yes, you can't breastfeed at the moment, yeah. but you can bottle feed, right? Even which, with which fake I, breasts. Which I did. Um, and and so there's there's an element of that stuff you can do. The the empathy and the nurturing part is something we need to learn, but then where do we learn it from? You know, when there's, there is no education around there about this for men, that's either, and if it exists, I don't know about it, which means there's no Mr. Two movement or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, you know, th that's the problem. Well, you like know, the who's going to speak role, up? It's the role models. There's a lack of role models in society, I think, which is like broken homes where the the boys are being sort of raised and yeah. So we, who, we'll probably end up more nurturing, I suppose, depending on what the household's like, what's in there, but. Without a father figure or a male figure, it's hard to learn. And, and it comes back to, to being okay with that. Like, I mean, I tell you now, if, if any woman wants to marry me and let, make me be the home mother, I'm happy to do it. Hey, right? ladies. Happy to do it. Are you really? Yeah, for sure, man. So is the, is like, because I- Then there'll be your innate nature that will conflict at some point. Yeah. Potentially, potentially. Because men are generally more ambitious and uh, like I said, than the provider and all that. But it's what you value as provision, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm sure, I'm sure I'd like the opportunity to, to value other things that opportunity gives me. And, and being a single father, I did, or I had to work hard. And when I didn't have my daughter, I had to work even harder. But when I had my daughter, I had to balance that time. And when she was in my proximity, I had to give her my time. I had to cook. I had to clean. I had to make sure everything was done. Right? So I, I had to wear both hats for a good 13 years or nearly 13 years of my life. And you know, both of them stimulated me. Uh, someone asked me, Conrad, you know, what were you like when your daughter was around versus when your daughter wasn't around, i.e. week one, week two. Week one was a lot more fun, a lot more hanging out with Jacqueline, doing stuff with her, you know, shopping, all that stuff you do with kids, movies, all that stuff. You know, you cook different meals um, and then you include them and you watch different things. And then when she wasn't around, I went deep down in the work because I had to play catch up because I still valued my role as a role model for her. And I knew that in those zero to four, zero to eight age brackets in which I was in her life, um, I was imprinting into her something that she needed to see. And so she saw a man, whether she gives it any credit or not, that balanced both sides of the ledger. Now, she may not know that in her front conscious state right now, but it's in her subconscious. It's deep in her psyche. I'm about to start a family and, um, well, it's already cooking. It's <laughs> <laughs> happened already. But uh, that's a conversation that Ashby and I have had a lot because I really want to be that nurturing father as well as that provider of course and ashby really wants to be that nurturing mother 
as well as a provider too. So she doesn't want to step out of providing too. And it was that we've had in-depth conversations about doing both roles together and not being the um, you know old generation of men being provider and women you know, sort of thing, uh, women just nurturing. Uh, and uh, shit, I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but it's something that I would really like to try and work at. So then we co-parent in every single way. Well, especially you've got you work for your own, you've got your own business. Yeah. Um, so you've got the the flexibility there to be part of the the kids' life. Whereas traditionally, if you're working a, a nine to five job back in the fifties, you were away from the home, come back at night. Yeah. Like I looked after the kids. Joanne got a full time job when I think Emma was probably about three or four. That's where I started my business from home. And I was the one dropping off, picking up, doing all that sort of stuff. So I've, and to this day, still cook most of the meals at home. So I've definitely got a very nurturing side. So <coughs> I have a question, like, so Cope, obviously that, like the conversation that you were just saying, just thinking about some of the innate natures of men and women, like you've obviously, you've got ambitions. Um, and I'm not saying that um, you know women don't have ambitions, but generally we see men again generalizations, which is it's difficult because there's always isolated, uh, you know, um, scenarios, but exceptions to the rule. But you know, like you're naturally f- going to be the provider in <coughs> some aspects. Be- oh, like, okay, right. let me get clear. Like there are more men who start businesses than women generally uh, it feels like that I mean all of us in the room and maybe it's the ecosystem well, I don't know the numbers so but yeah maybe we need to check the numbers but in the ecosystems that I'm in that's how it feels and it could be wrong um, you know so like there does seem to be a natural law of order uh, that kind of defaults you to that status yeah. anyway like we've had that we've had these conversations subconsciously you still know that it sort of falls back on you, don't you? As a male, like, and that's something that I've grappled with. That's your default. That, that's your yeah, right. But you know, but, but the bridging yeah. gap is communication, though, yeah, right? Yeah, that is that is the massive bridging gap, and I think that's fundamentally the, where the flaw is in society. Full stop. Anyway, we we become terrible communicators. Because um, I know all of us, we would encourage and support our partners if they wanted to take the ambitious route, but not all men are like that as well. I think yeah. most are, though. This is the thing. I think most are understanding and able to communicate with their partners. To Do you think? I no, think so. I, I think yeah, as a watch, general watch maths lately? Watch what? But that's only... Six guys in the room here. Mar- Mar- but, that's, but, but, but that's only because... <laughs> that's only because their role models and, and their imprints have been what they are. That, that doesn't mean they can't accept, which means it's really important to understand how you communicate that and why you really want to go to the workplace. Now, you and Ashby have had communication or conversations around what's important to you guys. All right, you have to, that, that's the first step. And now, now Ashby can either honour that or dishonour it. Because going with and vice versa, like uh, you're <coughs> saying, everyone's kind of like not everyone. I said a, a majority, but or, men, because of the the current situation, like an, an ego and things like that, may suppress 
doing that because of again the confusion side that, that mean, we're out in. of this room here the six of us have nurturing sides and support our partners and have the conversations so i mean there's because we're, we're having the conversation in this room yeah. because of the people we're surrounded by but the majority of men don't talk majority about this of men I, I don't think and then then but, but where's the forum that's i think that's the thing right yeah, we're yeah. coming back to where is the forum you know where is where is the the you know beat your your hand on your chest acceptance of who you are, who you are, who like you're allowed to be. Groups like Proud Boys have popped up because of this sort of backlash. I don't even know them, mate. Uh, never heard of them. Ameri- I have a look at it. It's really interesting. It's a group of American guys that get together as a sort of anti-feminism movement to. Yeah, see, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not anti-feminism. I'm not anti-feminism. I'm just. I'm just strong on masculinity. And I've coached. I'll go back to my coaching. I've coached women and men. Yeah. Um. You know, I spent my first half of my my senior basketball coaching coaching women's teams. Um, and then the, the back half, where I've had probably more success coaching men's teams. Now, I, I don't think that's a coincidence either. I mean, I got thrust into the role of coaching women's team, um, and it was fun. And what I learned was um, how to communicate with women and how to manage their emotional states better, because women are highly emotive beasts. Um, and then when I flipped the switch and came back to coaching men, what I realised is that a lot of the times that. My, my communication skills got better because you had to be clearer um, when you were coaching women. But what you were managing wasn't emotions, it was largely egos. That's with the top end. But what I've seen coming through with the younger guys coming through is that they are emotional beasts in themselves. Is that fair to say, Trev? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we are dealing with a hell of a lot more emotions in the younger, in the younger kids. And now I'm having more conversations with that with the younger guys that I coach. It's kind of funny, but we are getting to that point where younger men are emotional beasts. So what do we what do we do? But they have no direction. They have no no idea how to use those emotions. So what do we do? We've just got to keep opening up conversations. You know, checking in with each other and, and looking for opportunities to have the real conversation instead of you know either choosing not to see it um, or choosing not to acknowledge it. Um, I, I, you know, so I said I've created a life where that happens for me anyway, right? I'm in my office with my clients, with my basketball teams, um, with the groups that I hang around. They're all they're all there, I'm there to support men largely, right? I, you know, my, my life is that way. Which doesn't mean you don't support Which women. Which doesn't mean I don't support yeah. women yeah. because the number one woman in my life is my daughter. Yeah. Um, and then my mother and then my sister, you know. So I respect women like you wouldn't believe. However, I will never dishonor a man. We're all shaking heads. If long, the, the, the long, long pregnant pause. We can call Ashby. Can you say that pregnant pause? Pregnant pause. And I mean, I guess we went a little bit off topic from toxic masculinity. I mean, it's a massive topic. I, I and, and like I said, I don't think we'll ever, ever, ever be able to to remove it from society. Um, in my opinion, I'm just massive on giving men a voice, um, allowing them to know that they that, that they their points are valid, uh, albeit some of them might be Neanderthal. I don't really care. Um, but their points are valid and there, are, there is a path forward. And for every, every person out there, let alone men, you know, please don't ever think you're on your own. And you're not. You don't need a group. You have a whole gender on your side. Uh, just be brave enough to ask questions and open yourself up. And you'll be surprised about what you find, whether it be through the internet or whether it be through your immediate communities. Um, but there are a lot of people out there that can offer help and guidance and be better role models if you want a better outcome in your life. You find that a lot of people are going through the same thing or thinking the same thoughts and all it takes is just to ask really, doesn't it? Yep. 
I'm not happy with the suicide rates, gents. I mean, that's been something I've been reading for the last few years. That's an interesting one, though, because from a point of per, per 100,000 per capita, from the 50s to now, it's round about the same in regards to male. Yeah, but the percentage is the same, but the numbers because of the percentage of the growing population is Definitely. big. Definitely. It's interesting, though. Men with suicide are more likely to succeed in suicide due to the fact from a biological point of view, they actually do it better. They're better at committing suicide than women. They're more intent. Yeah, because they do as much. Which is a really interesting- They get shit done. Three, three or four times more men commit suicide than women, but yep. a lot of that is down to the fact that they actually do it, when I say better is probably the wrong word, but they, they succeed at doing it more, which is an interesting stat, so. I wonder if that's to do with men seeking suicide as an outlet is I guess genuine is probably the wrong word, but like a lot of people do it, especially younger people these days, is a bit of a cry for help. They weren't genuinely trying to kill themselves. They were just trying to get some attention. It's the, the, the ones that talk about it aren't going to do it by, based on what I my experience and what I've been reading, right? It's the silent majority out there that don't know that they have a voice or don't know how to speak about what it is they're dealing yeah. with. And it, to everyone else, it comes out of nowhere. So I never knew, I, yeah. we'd never spoken about this before. Whereas, why well, three men in the last quarter of last year take their lives? Yeah. All right, gentlemen, it's been uh, and been a pleasure. Should you add that there are services out there? Yeah, there are. And we'll put some for some numbers on the on the podcast and stuff. But but uh, yeah, without the services, just be brave enough to ask a question of someone. Could be us. Reach out to us. Yeah, happy to have a chat. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.